listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Accidental Hope, a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Accidental Hope. Today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Audrey Fulton, and we are talking everything marriage. So if you are married or thinking about getting married, um, if you've been married and you've ever wondered about vows and how tough, you know, when you're so in love and you're getting ready to say, I do, there's a lot of little fine print. There's a lot of things that that are going to happen within that lifetime together that you can never expect. And so today, my friend Audrey and I, she's a fellow Texan, mom of four. We have so many things in common, and we're going to talk marriage. Audrey, thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm so glad that you're here and taking the time to share your story and share your heart with um, Accidental Hope. You're welcome, and it's glad to be here. And I'll just say, this is the second time of us kind of getting together, <laughs> and we're just having a conversation between friends. Um, I have a little bit of a cold, and I'm drinking some hot tea, but I hope that you guys can hear our heart in this. Marriage is challenging enough, and the two of us have both been through a trauma. Uh, Audrey is married to a caddy, and caddy means causing accidental death or injury. So she is going to bring a perspective from the spouse, like the wife perspective, where I was the caddy. And we're just talking about how traumatic accidents or trauma in general can really, well, it's not planned. There's no manual for this, right? <laughs> and right. and and suddenly, but you want to honor your your spouse. You want to honor your vows to the Lord, but but it can get it can get very very um when i say challenging i mean i don't know the right word i don't even know if there is a it it's beyond difficult it feels helpless and hopeless but it's not so you know we're in the month of you know february we're talking about love and so i really want to honor uh, marriage in our conversation and, um i have seen Audrey and how she uh, speaks of her husband and 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 the little bit that I've got to know her just I mean she's a Proverbs 31 woman I mean and I and I'd say that with without trying to be cliche I mean I just see her the strength in her and just from her posts on Facebook because we're Facebook friends we both live in Texas but just knowing a little bit of the background and then um Anyway, I just want to honor you, too, because I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing what you're doing and, and what's, what God's been able to do. I mean, I see it, and I don't even know you. So let's talk a little bit about your family. Tell us about your husband. How'd you meet? How'd y'all fall in love? Tell us a little bit about, about you guys before we talk about the kids. Um, well, originally, we're both Okies. We um, met back in high school. We were 16 high school sweethearts. He had me at hello, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Once we started hanging out, we're, you know, never separated. So um, we've been through um, growing up together, not only marrying um, when we were 20, but we've, there's a lot of growing up to do between 16 and 
44 <laughs> where we're at now. That's, that's also, I think, something unique about our relationship. We have four kids. They are 18, 16, 13, and seven. Um, our, we have one daughter, she's the oldest, and then three boys. So we're just a normal family where we're busy all the time, involved in sports, and um, trying to slow down like a lot of people are. Oh my goodness. I, I cannot tell you the similarities in us because married 18 years, also high school sweetheart, grew up together, and our children are 17, 15, 13, and 7. So wow. literally just right. right behind you, right there with you, which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. have two boys, two girls. Isn't that funny how God can connect how the different, like, oh, so we understand each other's worlds, the cell phones and filling out college applications to play dates and first grade and learning how to read. And so yeah. we're all over it's the place. <laughs> a wide, yeah. There's yeah. a pretty wide gap between the first and the last, but it's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it's so funny how then you got helpers. <laughs> it's like right. un unintentional helpers, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's intentional now, but. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, when it first it first happened, you know, we had our three, like, back to back to back, boom, boom, boom. And then, and then we had our little caboose, which was so amazing because we had – grown up and we had, you know, hindsight 2020 and perspective and all those things that the little caboose, the little surprise is such a joy. I feel like it brought healing to our home that we didn't even know we needed at the time. James accident, was it in 2016 like mine? Yes, okay. it was May 14th, 2016. Okay, so just a few months before, uh, before my accident. So, um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about supporting someone, because I know how I, I was, you know, because you're in so much shock. Tell us about supporting someone who is grieving and you don't quite understand their grief. Um, knowing that everyone grieves differently, everyone reacts differently to any given situation, and me knowing James for so long before this happened helped me to understand, you know, that he is processing, that he's processing differently than I was. At first, you're just horrified that this could happen to your family. Asking him, are you okay? Oh my gosh, just disbelief. And then all the questions start flowing into your mind, like, how can this be happening to us? And then you you can quickly go to how could you allow this to happen? Um, why the blame game? Why are you not paying attention? Look how this is affecting our family and another family. But then you, you, I had stepped back in realizing that, you know, all these questions I'm asking myself, I know that he's asking himself. He just may not it did not verbalize it very well. Um, I don't know if that's a male trait or uh, a Fulton trait. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's male. I mean, because I was very verbal with a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I am too. And, yeah. and for him, him to be internally processing things and was difficult because I wanted to sit down and 
talk it out and, and let's, uh, I'm gonna fix it. There's uh-huh. no way, there's no way to fix it. No. But I, I wanted to somehow fix it. <laughs> and just the frustration of that, of that cycle. But I just, I know that, that the way that, that he handled it was the way that he needed to handle it in order for himself to heal. So the best I could do was just to be there, mm-hmm. um, to not, not play any, you shoulda, couldas, um, because, you know, it's an accident. Right. And it's nothing that he intentionally set out to do that day. Um, it could happen to anyone, as both of us know. And just being there, listening when they're ready to talk, mm-hmm. and trying to not, my hard, the hard part I had was trying not to exert my own opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, because that really didn't, it wasn't helpful. Of course, I wasn't perfect at it. So, um, but just just listening and being there for him and um, supporting him, talking to our children. I did that on my own because I know their daddy's not very good at, at communicating feelings and situations very well. Mm-hmm. That was, that was kind of, that was done before he even returned home. So I don't know. It's just, it, everyone is going to react to this differently and understanding that you're, your spouse is um, a different person. You already know that if you're married to them, because there's difficulties that arrive in any situation that you come up against in married life, but um, just being there for him. And I believe ultimately what helped us handle it the way that we did or we have is because of the strength and the depth of our relationship with Christ that God had already prepared us to handle this by previous um, tragedies and um, situations that have occurred in our our marriage and our life. So this is not the first time we've been brought to our knees, but I do believe that the previous situation circumstances definitely were not as painful Mm -hmm. and deep as this, but, but definitely helped to prepare us to be able to just surrender and and lean on God because you have I mean you have no choice Mm-mm. there's no you're stripped of everything you, right. you, yeah and I think that's true that's a good point that you make that faith if faith is a muscle and we had the same thing you know we had um I know that we've mentioned that we both have children that maybe have medical issues And having to be at that breaking point where we don't agree or we see each other. You know, I used to tell Chris when we were younger, I'd say, you know, I love you, but I don't really like you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love you. (laughs) I love you very much, but I do not like you right now. Or like, likewise, likewise, lady. (laughs) And I think, you know, I told someone this the other day and I mentioned it to you earlier. I feel like when I talk to newlyweds and I talk to new uh, people who are getting married, I say, remember your, your marriage is like a little baby egg, your little baby egg. It's fragile. It's always going to be fragile. You have to take care of it. Whether you've been married for five months, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 35 years, your marriage is still fragile where you have to protect it like a baby. You have to nurture it, 
you need to um, put the needs before it, make sure it has, you know, you where do you lay it down? Because if it's on a rocky foundation, your egg's going to crack. And, uh, and then I said, to be funny, I said, then you put that egg in a frying pan like that old commercial about drugs, like don't do drugs. Like here's your, here's your brain. Here's your brain on drugs. And it's like, here's your marriage. And then that frying pan is the trauma, whatever it happens to be, any kind of grief. I, I'm going to just say grief because I feel like that's one of the biggest I think it's because it's different than just losing an income. You know what I mean? When um, when we're going through these accidents, this our trauma is is affecting us physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, um, all of it at the same time. Like it, it's several traumas. There's if you say, well, it's loss of job. Well, your job is affected by an accident. You know, you're mm -hmm. grieving a stranger, or if you knew the person in your accident. I mean, there's like multiple sets of. It's not just one trauma. There's layers to this trauma, and and then you put your fragile little egg in that frying pan. You know. So many people want to give up in marriage and they don't really understand the vow of unconditional love. And I wholeheartedly believe that God perfected the understanding of unconditional love through this accident in my marriage. I saw Chris love me unconditionally at my very worst where if we were watching a movie or outside, I'd be like, what in the world? Like, you know, why is that person staying with that person? If it wasn't us, just because I lost every sense of who I was because I went through an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was in the wake of the accident. I felt not like myself. Um, I couldn't trust my own thoughts. I didn't feel like a good person anymore. If you don't feel like a good person, or if you don't feel worthy of love, how do you stick around in a marriage? You know what I mean? Like, right. so, um, so that's how I was feeling as the, as the person who caused an accident. You know, I'm, I'm sure men even still feel aspects of the same thing. So I was a different person and my husband took care of me and loved me unconditionally. And, and from what I see and understand that you did the same thing. You, you set out to live out those vows for better or for worse, even when the person that you married wasn't, didn't, wasn't the same person anymore. At right. least because it changes you. It, you're different. It does. There's no way that it can't that it won't change you, especially, I mean, it can be for the better. Right. If you, if you surrender and dive into, to what God has for you through this, this valley, then, then you're going to come out better and with a, with a wealth of knowledge that you wouldn't have had and wisdom that you wouldn't have had before, before the, all of that. But it's, it's difficult. Um, it's not easy. It's, no. it's difficult. Not only just, I mean, it's, it is difficult to, um, to be in the situation of the spouse of the caddy, but it, it may be a different way than people think. I mean, it's, it was hard for me to see him, um, judged 
so harshly by um, other people mm -hmm. um, who didn't know the situation and or even know my husband. That's Media. one thing. Yeah, the right. that's one thing I would tell every spouse and every caddy: do not read the comments on social media. They're they're it's it's worthless. It will just take you into a a uh, despair, depression, into a hole. And it's for what? Um, and from what? From people who have no idea who you are or the situation. And I did um, it to myself. I think I wanted to punish myself. That's um, what James said, too. Exactly. He said, because yeah. I told him, why are you reading that? And he, he felt like he deserved to be it. Punished. He deserved yeah. it. And it's, you don't deserve it. It's not from God. It's not of God. All of that negativity is just Satan using an avenue to destroy you and to right. hurt you. Right. Um, so I stayed away from it because it would, quite frankly, I started reading some of it. But it just made me angry. So I was right. like, I can't even read this. So I stayed away from it. That's good. Um, no, I wish I had. I feel, I feel very much like James did. I felt like I needed to be punished. And I think that's part of that initial shock because when you're in that, you don't know you can't hear the truth. You know, God says, you'll know my shepherd's voice. Well, when you have so much noise happening with the trauma, mm -hmm. you, you can't even hear God's voice. You, you hear so many voices and your brain is just, I, I explain it like, um, I felt like my brain, um, you know how if you have an old computer and you open up a bunch of windows and you have all the tabs open and to where everything's just really slow, everything's about to freeze and you're just still stuck. And I was still stuck on what, why did that happen? Or what, what happened? Is this real? You know, I'm stuck, 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 stuck. Mm -hmm. And, and so reading my Bible, my prayer life, knowing God's truth, it wasn't a, I wasn't able to retrieve it. It was in me. Praise the Lord. It was right. in there. So that means that, that, that the light was going to cut the light. Ne the light never left me. The truth was in there. It, the truth was in my heart. Just in that time, in that initial time, I couldn't retrieve it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't access it. The truth that was in me. And, and I, you know, praise the Lord. I survived that whatever time frame that is for each person mm -hmm. to then go, wait a minute, what is God's truth? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to put down the why I'm going to put down the how I'm going to, I'm going to put those things aside. What do I know for sure? Cause I can't answer why I can't even answer what's going to happen, but I can answer. What do I know about God's truth? What can I do in today's today? And, um, I think that's how I got to my healing to like where the light started to overtake the shadow of that was in my heart or the depression or whatever you want to call it sadness, um, to where I could take one nugget of truth, apply it for that day and, um, eventually come back to a more normal, a more normal self. <laughs> But I'm, still, right. you know, I'm, I'm still forever different. And my kids, you know, still know me as different. They'll still, um, I mean, Haven, it's like all that she remembers. But my older kids still remember when, you know, I was more fun in the car, you know. Mm -hmm. 
or um, before anxiety or, you know, before I didn't like loud noises or, you know, I used to watch action movies or whatever, you know. So that part, I think it's still not back yet, but. Um, in, so in time, it in will. In time, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, and it's okay. You know what? In the in the long run, you know, my, my girls have a genetic disorder and they still, you know, have, they both had brain surgery and they have migraines, they have headaches, you know, and I'm like, in the long run, we can handle a headache, you know, right. if, um, if I never watch an action movie with a, you know, car accident scene in it, um, because I know I avoid those because I know that that can be a trigger for me. I'm like, you know what, I, I'm okay with laying that down, you know, and, um, of all the things that could have happened that I'm walking in joy and I'm walking in freedom and, um, walking in the knowledge that I am worthy of love and, you know, I'll take, <laughs> I can take it, you know what I mean? Um, right. you know, but, um, but I told my husband, I confessed to him, I said, this had to happen to me because if it had happened to him, if he had been on the other end of this, I don't think I would have treated him as well. That makes, that really breaks my heart. But I knew if I was being honest, if I was being honest, I really felt like that was true because I was such a good driver. I felt like God really needed to change some things in me. And he did it through learning from this accident. Now, if James would agree with me, if that's happened with him, if you've seen a change in him, but I know for myself, I saw a change in me and how I honor my husband because of how well he honored me through this difficult time. Did you have any realization of that in your marriage? Hindsight, looking back? Looking, looking back, and it's kind of weird you say that because with the anniversary of some events that have occurred because of all of this, I get these memories that pop up on Facebook mm -hmm. and I look back and I'm like oh my gosh who is that talking because of the you know I, how I know at that time what was going on and the trauma um, that James and I both were going through because of all of this and the strength that I hear and see oh there's a dog don't Sorry. worry don't worry um, no worries we like dogs <laughs> <laughs> the strength that I see in the words that God um, let spill out of me um, mm. at that time is just incredible and would not have been possible if I had not been in the situation with James. His depth and his knowledge in Christ and who he is in Christ the way that he relates to his children and the way he serves our family and, and serves me is all just, it's all just richer. I guess is the only word that I would know, would know to say is that it's just, it's just more fulfilling and it's rich and it's real and it's pure. And, um, I know that it's all from being refined, mm. um, through through this situation I and mean, he's learned so much about himself about his his god and where god needs to be placed in his life and i mean it's had a huge effect on on him and in our family and a lot of other people that we don't even know just by the testimony 
of what we've gone through. It affected me. I, I remember I found you guys through, I think, Texas Monthly had done an article and I saw the embrace of, you know, you guys embracing after he was released. And I remember just being like, it, it just captured my heart. And it was funny how I even stumbled upon that and then reading and realizing, Oh, wait a minute. You know, he's like me, we're like each other, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, being able to connect in that way and, I just saw that embrace and I remember thinking this is the example because I didn't think I was strong enough. Um, I think I had allowed, even though I was on a way towards healing and I had surrendered and I told the Lord like a couple days before the grand jury and I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want me to go to jail? I'll serve you in jail. And I didn't want to mean that. I said, I'm not going to like <laughs> I, yeah. And I, you know, I was being honest. I was like, I, I knew in my heart, it's what I needed to confess. I was in the car alone and I beat up my steering wheel and I was like, I knew, I knew what he wanted me to say. And I was like, I can't believe you want me to say this. <laughs> like I knew in my heart what I needed to say, like, okay, no matter what the decision is, I'll still serve you. I love you. And um, I won't understand it and I won't like it, but I'll, and I was like, God, I hope I don't have to eat my foot. You know what I mean? I, I just. Right. But even if, and he wants us, no matter what, even if whatever happens, that we are going to serve him in whatever capacity that looks like for, for right. his will and where we are, uh, what we're doing, no matter where he's placed us. And with what we've we've gone through and James has gone through I mean he he lived that out so well and you can't help but respect that and and just the way that he's led others to Christ through using this this uh, situation so how can you not um, respect that for him as you know as his wife and his children I mean I think um, us seeing him and the the character that god has brought up in him before this um and and, and then so much more after it's, oh, it's just, like a miracle it's a miracle it's watching a miracle because it's one of those things that you can't fathom you can't fathom and you can't make it up and you can't you know you would never wish it on anybody but then when it happens and it unfolds and you see you see these little glimpses of, of God's provision. You see growth and fruit and, and then all the, and grace. And all of a sudden this broken mess looks beautiful in some ways because, because you're still going, you're, you're still trekking, you're still putting one foot in front of the other. You're still loving each other and loving the Lord and you're still a family and right and then it's then it's beauty for ashes and it's beautiful it's like a miracle right and it's so worth it's hard I mean I have a lot of words <laughs> that I can say words of wisdom and scripture but I mean I'm not perfect never claim to be but it it is hard it's a hard road but I believe with my whole heart that God will bless you if you put in the work mm -hmm. and if you, and if you. That's all the time we have for today. 
Remember to seek hope and share it with somebody else because something inside of you, someone else needs to hear. Come back and visit next week. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.